Hi, and welcome to Season 2 of Big Sound Small Town, the podcast that spotlights the talented and diverse musicians in small towns and communities. This season, we're branching out to include the community of people who make it possible for musicians to be able to perform their music. The producers, the recording engineers, the venue owners, and many others. And as always, the small town musicians. Remember, small town doesn't mean small talent. Hear their stories. talking with Trey Hill about doing a phone interview, which I had been doing some of during the COVID-19 shutdown. And uh, he sent me a text and said, hey, I'm in Shelby. Uh, Could we do it live? And as it would be, um, I was shooting uh, intros with Mary Beth Martin and Chris Rogers for a... uh, big sound small town tv show that we have and uh he said he could come by so with um about 24 feet of mic cables and long tables we did this and it's the first and only live one i've done since the shelter in place but it was too good to miss the opportunity and it was a really good interview listen up
big sound small town, we're in the Earl Scruggs Center. And yes, I know this is the COVID time, but uh, we're here anyway. And my guest today is Nashville musician, Trey Hill. Welcome to the show, Trey. How's it going, Sandy? It's going good, brother. All right, well, let's just talk about the current situation. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm sure people don't realize exactly what's going on there. So yeah. give them a little insight. Well, um, a lot of people unemployed right now, and uh, some of us are are struggling more than others and so, some are okay and I think everybody's just bored and wants to get out and play in front of people again but uh yeah it seems like the the Broadway community in Nashville the guys that uh play three four shows a day right. um are kind of struggling more so uh just for um what they file their taxes under 1099 as opposed to touring guys like myself that that um, have different you know tax documentation so yeah, I mean, I think we're just uh, everybody's keeping positive, and a lot of people have turned to the Facebook streams and yeah. live streams to help out. Yeah, yeah but I think we're on the back end of this whole thing. Hopefully, is your live streaming actually paying anything? It is. I mean, it, it definitely helps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. People ask me that. Yeah, I think the least like if you could do it, limit it to once or twice a week, you're better than doing it every day. Right. I yeah. Mean, I guess you don't wear it, wear it out. Yeah, and, and quite honestly for me, it's it's hard for me to sit and watch a, th- a three-hour thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that too. Yep. That makes it kind of tough. Um, all right, so do you see any end to it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, as far as Nashville, the local uh, scene in Nashville, um, we're starting phase one on Monday, and each phase runs for two weeks. And the musicians, uh, the bars reopening happens in phase three. So I think hopefully if all goes well, another month, four weeks, six weeks, it'll be back up and running. And um, as far as me touring, there's, you know, just kind of state to state, He's just watching the news every day. So, so are you okay? I'm okay. The the guy that I currently play for uh, was uh, was able to to get the uh, paycheck protection program, and he has put uh, us on a retainer, which is kind of a weekly salary. And so it's kind of nice to be sitting with you and Shelby sure. and visiting family and making a little bit of money. So well, it's, I'm glad. I'm yeah, glad yeah. It. Because uh, it's tough enough to live in Nashville. When it's open. When it's open, yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, I, I, people don't realize that's a little, there's a little more to it than I'm going to be a musician. Yeah. I'm live in Nashville. Yeah, a lot of, lot of uh, no sleep, uh, you know, sleepless nights or, you know, a lot of sitting around. It's it's either either or, so, right. yeah. Well, you want to take that journey, how that happened. How, okay, let's just go back to the beginning. Okay. When did you start playing music? Ah. I started on violin here in Shelby probably at four years old, okay. um, but I always loved soccer and baseball. So I was, I was a musician that loved, uh, or not a musician yet, but I loved sports. And, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you, you don't take stuff serious. But right. guitar happened around eight years old. Okay. So, um, and, uh, yeah, just got really interested. And my parents used to go to concerts, you know, b- big shows in Charlotte or um, county fair, or, you know, live after five and all that stuff. We were always around music and my dad owned a uh, local audio company. Right. So he had me working free, you know, cheap labor, rolling up uh, yeah, yeah. guitar ca- or cables, right. mic cables. And, and uh, yeah, I just loved it. And, and when I was a kid, I didn't realize it then, but it, you know, doing anything music related doesn't feel like work. 
at some point because it's fun yeah at some point did you hear something that said oh, i want to be a guitar player I, my dad played uh, what's it 99.7 yeah. uh out of charlotte yeah. and uh it was all the classic rock stuff okay, and yeah, i think uh you know stranglehold is still one of my favorite songs of all sure. time and uh, i remember uh, last child uh, by aerosmith yeah. those two songs i think did it created the spark somehow yeah so did you take lessons? I did. I, I took lessons from a guy named Roger Paget, and I tell everyone I, I owe him the world because he, uh, he's what? Well, I either want to punch him or, or hug him, depending on the day. That's true. Everyone that knows him knows that's the truth. Yeah. But yeah, he, uh, he definitely whatever. However, he taught. Uh, he taught. He taught me how to play by ear, and uh, I used to bring a one song a week or however, however many lessons I would take that week, I'd bring a song in every time right. for an hour and he would sit and listen to it for two minutes and, uh, and then he'd start showing me how to play it. And somehow, I don't think he was trying to teach me how to play by ear, right. but he did. And now that I'm in Nashville and doing studio stuff, you know, a lot of times we hear the song one time right. and we go in with what's called a Nashville number right. chart and we play it so every time i listen to a song once and play it the next round i'm like oh that's what roger did so it makes sense roger's a fantastic man he is he's very he really very is. very great guitar player great yeah. guitar player yep. yeah acoustic and electric and i play a lot like him i go back and listen to some of the stuff he's done uh the that acoustic syndicate record yeah. uh, tributaries was a was a big record for me record yeah but I, I i i hear some of those licks on there and i'm like man i play like him yeah kind of stole his chops okay. I, mean, I, I think he's proud of it yeah, though I yeah think he probably is. So, so did you get were you in bands right off the bat um not really i, I got into uh, to bands uh at crest high school um i think ninth grade was probably the first band uh i was in with the one of my best friends matt mcgee i don't know if you know matt um but yeah, we had little bands and at Crest, but you know there wasn't a whole lot of places to True. play like there are now. True. So yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, was in that, uh, bands with Matt, and then I played for a, a Christian band out of uh, Kings Mountain called One Way with right. Lane Wood and Justin Roper, Lee Dixon, and uh, and then right after high school, I moved to Nashville. I didn't go to college or anything. You just just, just kind of went. My parents were really gracious and um, and sort of helped me follow that that dream so well, that's one of the things i've learned is per, as as musicians parental support is just about everything it is yeah you I mean, never know when you're gonna need to you to fall yeah. back on it and they've helped me out of pinches a, a lot I mean, but they uh, didn't say oh when you're gonna get a real job yeah yeah no i've, I've had to, i've had that's an great. ex-wife or two tell me well, yeah, that's, that's a whole different story now yeah that, that, that's an entirely <laughs> different thing <laughs> yeah yeah that's one of the the yeah, the yeah, yeah. But the parents so never said that, no, so that's that, good. That's good because yeah. a lot of parents do. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. You're, you're, you're really fortunate. There. Yep, yep. I definitely so, am. So when you get to Nashville, I mean, you just move there? And I moved there. I didn't know. I, I There was one person's name that I had. Well, there was two. There was uh, Jason Street, and he's a bass player um that still lives up there uh, i think he does more like home studio stuff now mm -hmm. but he was touring i can't even remember the artist but it was a national act you know right. touring around the states and uh and he was really cool and uh sort of introduced me to broadway even though at that point i was just 18 years old 
um, there's a 21 and up right. law. But back then, you could yeah. pass if you were a good enough player. And uh, so, yeah, I began kind of playing Broadway. And um, and uh, the other guy was Jimmy Wayne, but he was being, he was making it big at that point. He wasn't ever around. So, um, so yeah, I just it was scary going up there with one, you know, being in contact with one guy that was from the Shelby area. Sure. Um, but it was – I wouldn't send an 18-year-old kid there now. No. Yeah, yeah. It's too – it's it's gotten a lot bigger. So. I probably wouldn't when you went, but then – Yeah, you know, it was – yeah, yeah. But but do you remember what musical instruments you took with you at that time? Yes, I do, I, actually. I that musicians – a lot of musicians listen to this, so they'd love – Yeah. Well, my, oddly enough, so I'm here in Shelby and I'm staying with my folks, you know, for however long. Right. It's kind of an open-ended trip, so right. – Heck, I might just move back. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, they were asking me what all the instruments I still had that they bought me. And I've got pretty much everything except for um, a 12-string that I that I had back in the day. But, yeah, I took a, a, a probably a 90 – I think it's a 91 or 92 uh, Sunburst uh, American uh, Standard Telecaster. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yep. and and what actually with that guitar, it was a uh, it just had the stock bridge and neck right. pickup. And uh, when I got to Nashville, the guy Brent Mason, you yeah. know, everybody looks up to him. So I uh, so I had the 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 pickups modded uh, to be the three the three pickup thing. And uh, so I've I've still got that guitar. I took a um, a studio light. Uh, Gibson Studio Light Les Paul, yeah. still have that, um, which is not like the holy grail Les Paul, but it was yeah. it was good to buy a teenager for Christmas back then. And uh, I had a Tele, the Les Paul, and a Stratocaster, uh, American Standard Stratocaster. And I think my amplifier was a um, some kind of Fender thing that was wallpaper. It was like a chorus amp, ultimate chorus maybe, and a crate. Um, a 212 combo amp right uh and the amps i still don't i don't have those yeah, anymore yeah, those yeah. kind of went away yeah that's, yeah, guitars stay long yeah. Amps. within the first couple of months i bought a vox ac30 yeah, well, and i and i got i still have that and uh and, and pedal board was was uh yeah, did you take a pedal board i did i you know i took a multi-effect pedal i think yeah. it was a digitech rp3 yeah. it was a yellow thing yeah. and then when i got to nashville that was one of the things my parents did i don't know if it was college um, college fund sure. or what, but I did have a, a really nice pedal board uh, built when I got up there because that, that was kind of, yeah, you know, know, it's like a toolbox. Yeah, so all those guys walk in and, yeah, my my stuff wasn't up to par, but right. we I got it up to par pretty fast. The yeah. guitars were fine. It was the amps and pedal boards. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I agree. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, even from sitting here, I know that, that Pedal upgrade, amp upgrade. Yeah, a lot of the stuff's overkill, I guess. That nowadays, I mean, my my pedal board is probably the size of this table yeah, we're on right now, but yeah. it's a, uh, but you know, you do end up using a lot of it, especially studio stuff. You know, you're not going to carry that stuff on airplanes or anything. Oh but, no, no. Yeah, I carry. You probably have a different road. I, yeah, I've got a probably I think at this point four or five different pedal boards for different yeah, things sure and. Different stuff. But you know, if if I still go back and play the honky tonks on Broadway with friends and stuff and. uh just because it's exciting. I, if you've never been to Broadway, I, I want to say this to your listeners. If you've never been to Broadway, it's kind of like an adult version of the Cleveland County Fair. Um, <laughs> lights and noise. And, 
way to put it. But yeah, if I go play Broadway, I take uh, probably like three pedals, right. and uh, you know, sometimes there's backline amplifiers, which sure. is you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be 35 in September, so I don't like uh, I'm not gonna yeah, th- throw my back out for Broadway gigs. <laughs> I've, I've moved my equipment too. I use an Aguilar head. Yeah. So which is my bass rig went from like 200 pounds to um yeah 30 pounds yeah so, exactly and it sounds, it sounds it technology sounds has definitely helped the music community it out really big has. time it really has so, well that, that so so when did you get a job after you got there ah let's see so i got there it was 2002 uh, fall of 2002 and i got my first job pretty i mean i'd say Christmas, road Christmas out, you know, yeah. and then like somewhere in spring of 2003, started started making decent money, and the first touring gig happened um, at the end of 03, and that was a smaller band, but we traveled, um, and then um, 2004, springtime of 04, I got with a, a Grammy-nominated band in Christian music called Sonic Flood, right. and we... I hit the ground running and and uh i think i made probably 300 bucks a gig yeah. 19 years old sure um almost well, 20. On fire i know and it, well and times were different then yeah, and were. nashville cost of living wasn't as expensive as True. it is now but uh I, I got to go to pretty much every continent except for antarctica with that band so that was super cool yeah, you know cool. racked up some airline miles and yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah yeah well okay then i guess Let's go to the Christian music. Scene. Okay, yeah. That's a pretty good, I mean, that's, that's actually where you cut your teeth in Nashville, wasn't it? It was, yes, it was. And uh, it, how is that different today than it was then? You know, when I was going, when, when, when I got in that band, I think we, we had a two great years, and um, that was sort of when everything started you know, you had your cross crossover right. bands, um, Switchfoot sure. and a couple of other ones and and then you started seeing like Walmart and Target and all the, the big retailers start kind of moving the Christian sections uh were gonna go away and then they were just gonna put those records into rock pop and 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 then that section got bigger and and uh it just it started just kind of dwindling and, and maybe the band's career, like I was the the third guitar player in that band at that point. And I think, you know, they, they still play a couple shows a year and they're probably on guitars number five or six. Um, but I think just the life of the band was sort of, uh, I was on the back end of it, maybe. But, but you were there, I mean, that at the point that you were doing that, that was actually a pretty big category, which is- It worked for me. Which basically has disappeared. Yes, I mean, I mean, yeah. That, that was actually a working scene. Yeah. Uh, a lot of you know, I mean, a lot of uh, artists in yeah. the scene now. There's the scene's still going, but there's only like yeah. eight that are really doing sustaining themselves. Sure. I mean, that yeah. one just evaporated, basically. Yep, it did, and I think the retailers kind of had a small part to do with well, it. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. It, it but I, I left. I left that in um, 2006. I actually left to audition for. I randomly got um, an audition with uh, Taylor Hicks. Yeah. Off American Idol. Yeah. And I, I couldn't do the audition and still stay with Sonic Flood. Right. So I took the gamble. And I'll never forget it. I, uh, I went out to L.A. 
And I thought, you know, audition. I'd, I'd heard of auditions while I was in Sonic Flood. And, and in Nashville, it's like three or four guys yeah. auditioned for a part. And um, I went to L.A. and booked my own flight, booked a rental car and all this stuff. And, and I, went, uh, I went to the sound – it was a sound stage kind of thing, a rehearsal hall. Right. And there was – 40 guys oh, there no, and I literally no. went to the bathroom and cried <laughs> yeah, really? and I went in and Taylor was nice the band was nice and but I was just still young at that point right. and you know um I I just didn't I didn't have the confidence like I could crush it because there was 40 guys oh, there yeah, yeah. so LA. needless to say I didn't get the job so the next morning I'm flying out of LAX and I'm just beat and I got a call to go play with a, a, a Sony uh, Arista Records at that point, a country artist named Jason Michael Carroll. Yeah. So I got hired on a, a flight back from a, a with, failed with, audition. Without an audition. Yeah, without an audition. And it was Nashville-based. And, uh, and honestly, I think you know, going and doing the Jason Michael Carroll thing uh, was a longer, w w made me more money than going and playing for Taylor. I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was more of a, it was it stung the Taylor thing, but I think it worked out better for me. Well, you know, it, well, probably the longevity of it, not all, all said. Exactly. A lot of the American Idol guys, especially now, you know, it's it's sad because they go on and they work so hard to to, to win or get right. high up in the ranks, and then, it, you know, it just kind of fizzles. Even if you win, it seems I like know, it fizzles. I mean, yeah, yeah. It does. Carrie it, Underwood's done well. And, Carrie has. Yeah, and then I went on to Pickler, you know, I played yeah, for Pickler. Yeah, well, yeah. well after Jason was uh, went to Jess Jessica Simpson, and that wasn't an audition. I've never – Did they get your name from somebody, I'm sure? Yeah, from a bus driver, a bus driver, a tour bus, a tour driver. bus driver. Yeah, that kind of heard Jessica's band on the bus um, talking about, hey, we need a guitar player, and uh, – and yeah, uh, you wouldn't think a bus driver would have anything to do with the the music part of things, but he, uh, I'm glad he spoke up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know Buster, Buster uh, Kendrick. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, Buster kind of parlayed being a bus driver. It, it did. It. He did. So yeah. It's strange the way music yep. works. It is. People that people that don't do music don't realize just sometimes it comes down to. I'm a lucky guy. It is. Yeah, it is, it is mean, a lot of luck. There's a lot of hard work. Yeah, but it doesn't, like I was telling you earlier before we started the podcast, anything that I've done with music, I, for whatever reason, doesn't, even if I'm carrying like heavy amplifiers and stuff, I don't, I don't, or an early morning airport call or right. something, you know, like waking up at four in the morning. It doesn't, I've never thought of it as feeling like work for whatever reason. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, BSing you. It's just, it never you know, felt, feels like. Work. Well, we'll just talk about today. I never in my wildest dreams thought that you would be up at this time. Oh, gosh. So, so, I mean, well, I got two kids. Yeah, that'll change you sometimes. Yeah, we, 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 we. So then what happens after that? Well, uh, so I went out with Jessica, and that was... I mean, that's totally different, too, than, than it was. country music. It, yeah, but and, it, and it was different. for her country project. Yeah, oh, okay. When I got with her, she was releasing a country record, so they were looking for the, the, a Nashville look, you know, at that point. And uh, it's sort of, you know, it was around the time Taylor Swift was hitting, too, so they wanted the bands to all look a certain sure. way. And it's me Nashville. and Taylor's guitar player uh, at the time, Grant uh, Michelson, we had the same hair and right. wore the same clothes and 
guy liner, you know, <laughs> like it was a, a look thing. Um, and I, I did that for a couple of years, and that's still uh, with her the, the probably the most uh, money I've, I've made with an artist. But I mean, she's a brand, and uh, yeah, she but she's such a sweetheart. I get asked all the time how was she to work yeah, with, and she's still one of my favorites. That's great. Yeah, she's good people. Whole family was great. Oh, that's good to know. And uh, yeah, I worked for her for a couple of years, and. It seems like whenever something has ended, whether I ended it or the project just fizzled out, um, I was always back up and running with something else a that's month good. later. And that's the luck thing, you that's know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the hard work makes luck. I mean, yeah. The hard work makes luck happen. I but, guess, yeah. But, but It's even yeah. better if it doesn't feel like work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so after her, what happens? Uh, Kelly Pickler, who's American Idol, uh, went out with her for, you know, uh, see here probably three years or so three or four years most gigs you know around nashville is th three to four years yeah. um especially this day and age so you the older guys that did you know brooks and dunn and Al alan jackson's band those guys have been there 20 something years but nowadays i think with just how many artists there are in in different genres uh the the life the life uh line of those artists are sort of you know for the bands three to four years yeah. and but went to Pickler and she was great. It was uh, so I did the the female vocal uh, band gigs for right. you know a, a while there. Okay, we'll go with that. What's yep. Harder or easier to work with than male musicians? Ooh, <laughs> depends on. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so Jessica and Kelly both felt like siblings to me. That's good. Um, and that's probably a good thing yeah. if you if you're trying to get in there and and get a girlfriend. You're, you're you're barking up the wrong oh, tree, um, but I, I I've always I kind of I guess I was raised by more women than men. Like my mom's sure. uh, side of the family, grandma and, so uh, and aunts and yeah. I think I know I don't have a brother or sister. I'm an only child, um, but I think I just got along with with women and sure. the ones I wanted to date. I didn't work for. Right. Yeah, that's, that's pretty smart. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, that applies to any yep. just about anywhere. Yep. So. And uh, but yeah, Kelly Kelly was fun, and we we uh, were on a Taylor Swift uh, Taylor Swift's first big tour was called the Fearless Tour, and played you know I'd done arena work. The first arena stuff I I'd done was with Jason Michael Carroll, and then uh, but Jessica Simpson that was the first time playing Madison Square Garden, right, yeah. which that was for whatever reason one of the big oh, checkoff sure. things for me. Um, and uh but then pickler we went out on that uh fearless tour with taylor swift that lasted about a year and played all the oh, yeah. all the arenas man and and then after that it was did rascal you even, flats did, you, did know? you even have to tune your guitar during that time um i did because i used to beat it out of tune in the middle of the song <laughs> okay. but yeah no we, we had help I mean, yeah I mean, yeah yeah. Touch it, I think. yeah the Je the jessica gig and pickler gig that's when we started getting into uh, guitar tech stuff yeah. the other ones guys would set your stuff up but sure. but in between songs you'd tune yourself but yeah having a guitar tech was fun but it i'm kind of a control freak so i yeah yeah but uh yeah i i uh i then i started you know hey this is kind of nice i can go for a cup of coffee and he can change the strings you know oh yeah when's the last time you had to change strings? well i still i i still do at home you know i don't i don't keep a guitar tech on salary for myself but, and i'm pretty darn fast at it so 
you probably learned that from Roger too. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I, I remember my dad. Dad was pretty good at it, even though he didn't. He doesn't play music or anything. But, uh, but yeah, I've, I've changed my fair share of strings. I saw Derek Trucks change one in the middle of a song. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> he's a he's a great musician, oh, man. Yep. He don't really count. Does he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just move him out. Yeah, I don't even try to touch a slide. I just I gave up trying to be good at that. <laughs> That's the one one part of um, guitar that I can actually do. Oh no way! Right on. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's about your action too. You know, so you want that action up, and and I'm, I play pretty close action to the fretboard because I I like playing faster. And, and yeah. I came up through a really a blues background. Too, exactly. Kind of, yep. Kind of, you know. I had to work out that all on my own as a kid, though. Yep. I mean, you're a kid. No one knows about open tunings. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? It's and all 440. Or, the yeah. guys that were teaching me to do it didn't know the strings. And, you know, I mean, they knew how to play. Yeah. They, they didn't know. They didn't know why they played the exactly. way they played. Yeah. They, you know. That goes could, back to the ear thing. They could put the guitar in tune. Yep. I mean, it might not be the 440 standard. Yeah. But could they tell you the name of the Tunes. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, name of the strings. <laughs> yeah. So I just match them up. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I got a jump on open tuning on a lot of people from that. Yep. Just because I kind of had an understanding of it from being a kid. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I did. I was a blues guy as a kid. Uh, I loved it. I had um, old blues guys to teach me the stuff, so I was a lucky guy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and growing up here, speaking of all, you know, open tuning stuff, I was more I guess because I was learning from Roger yeah. and, and he was sort of he was in a band called Medicine Man which yeah. was a heavy was. band and I so I learned like my my electric sensibility from that and then you know he went to started doing more bluegrass and, right. and acoustic stuff and I got really into that and uh, that whole Appalachian yeah. thing and um uh, that's where my open tuning comes from. Oh, that yeah. whole like Irish sure. kind of open tuning acoustic stuff. Yeah. And I actually yesterday I was in Dadgad on this oh, yeah. this one over here playing. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it took me a while as an adult to realize that um, those open tunings had names and stuff. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Because I, mean, <laughs> like, I I know I'd go show guys I was playing in a band and stuff. And what is that? I, was, I, I don't know. Yeah. No, 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 no. Tuning number one, exactly. tuning number two. Exactly. Like that. Yeah, this is my favorite. This is my second favorite. So, okay, we're back to. All right, we're done with. I guess so. You open shows for um, uh, Taylor. Taylor Swift. Yep, yep. Uh, with with Kelly Pickler, yeah. and uh, did Pickler for a while up until about 2013, and then I. Uh, I left the female vocalists and uh, I went with two crazy wild dudes called Big and Rich. And I guess that was crazy. It was uh, it was gnarly. It was um, it was the most rock and roll gig of uh, even though it was country, right. uh, but it was kind of I played all electric. Um, Pickler, I was playing electric and acoustic and right. uh, and, and uh, lap steel. Right. Um, so you can play. Slide. I can't play slide. I just gotta lay it on my lap. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so went to Big and Rich, and it was kind of, you know, just a circus on stage. And, and that was, I called it my, I was in the slash role, yeah, you know, slash you. from Guns N' Roses. Yeah. yeah, you go out there with a Les Paul and, and you know. Well. And it's, yeah, and it, it and there was guitar solos in every song. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was, um, you know, big production, um, 
tractor trailers and big stage pyro and lights and stuff and and uh and i did that up until um last let's see it was last um august yeah last august and uh so i worked on that for about five to six years and i was also band leading uh when i first got into big and rich i was just playing lead guitar and then within the first year the the, the band leader that hired me um, no audition again. Right. Uh, yeah, just right. friends. Just made you know, living in Nashville, you just make friends, make the right friends. And it's not you're using your friends; they're right. your real friends. Yeah. And uh, but and, you have to look after each other. Yeah, and you do, and you do. But they call you know a lot of a lot of new cats. I, I try to explain this a lot of times. Like that, I hate the word networking, even though there's some uh, validity to it. It is. I mean, um, that is what it is. It is right. networking, but if you make real rela- real relationships provide real results. And uh, so, yeah, so he left. Uh, he was the bass player. He left Big and Rich within, like, the first year I was there, and they called me on the – I guess he recommended that I take the band leader role, and so I was, you know, wearing a couple different hats, and it was pretty easy. You just get new material to the guys and, and – um, Rehearsal, schedule have, rehearsals, and when they have new stuff, they bring it to you. Yep, yeah, and I got to, yeah, I got to send charts or just right. get them the stuff. It was actually pretty easy. Um, I made the set list every day. You know, text John and Kenny while they're in their hotel rooms, and <laughs> what do you want to play tonight? Yeah. Cool. Oh, did you did you have to hire people too? Like, did you um, have to hire the bass player replacement? Uh, I I had some sort of opinions about stuff, and and but John and Kenny are, are two very um, they're very smart guys, or they're stubborn. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they're but they're hands-on business owners. Well, that's and I kind of figured that that's, from, from the stuff you read I about John, especially. Right, John, yeah, John yeah. Was where I was going yeah, with. he um, he's uh, it was like I said, it was pretty easy as a band leader for that. I mean, it was it wasn't um, it was better money to be a guitarist and band leader. But oh, yeah, sure. but sometimes you know, certain weeks I was like, man, I, I feel like I'm taking them to the bank on the band leader role because they kind of band led themselves a little bit you know that's okay i mean i mean i didn't ever tell them that i just, I just took the money and ran. <laughs> were they okay to work with they were great yeah great. yeah um it was it was nice to get away from the the female vocalists right. uh, not the vocalists themselves but like the, the fan the crowd base sure. the crowd base yeah thing. the rowdy going to the rowdy uh yeah. biker I mean, yeah, concerts you, you, step, you step from the pretty to the yeah much fun. yeah yeah exactly the barnum and bailey circus yeah, exactly. on on stage yeah. yeah but it was super fun um it just uh it just got to where it was you know kind of um well, they work a lot no they way. work a lot and i was trying to trying to wean back off of being on the road because you know when i left i'd pretty much been touring airplanes and buses nonstop for um 16 years when that's right. when that ended um but yeah, they were great to work for, and they were the first artist uh, that used me on their records. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I got to play on on you know uh, Big and Rich Records, and uh, I'd played on other people's records, you know, people on the radio before Big and Rich, right. um, but didn't play for them live. But right. but that was the cool thing about Big and Rich is they use some some of the band live right. band guys in the yeah. studio to. Because they're going to be playing the music right. on the road. True. So, I mean, yeah. it it's kind of a – no, if I had my own band, I'd probably do the same thing, you know. And, and it probably has to do with the quality of music, musicians you have. I mean, exactly. If you're hiring good musicians right. to, uh, live, and the, you know, because the studio is a whole different ballgame. It is a total – Sight reading, charts, sure. and stuff. And uh, 
but yeah, it, it makes sense because the guys in the studio, a lot of times for most of the artists you hear on the radio, the, especially in country, the guys in the studio are not the guys that play it live. No, they're not. So, and the guys that play it live are like, man, I'm sitting here playing someone else's part. Sure. And uh, it makes you makes you feel feel good when you're getting to play oh, yeah, your I mean, own part. Your own part. And stuff yeah, like it's kind of, it's kind of, it, you know, it's I a good never, healthy pride. Yeah, I never really thought about that, but that is you you would have to spend your your time playing somebody else's part. Yeah. For the most part. Yep. I and mean, some artists let you branch out. I like was getting ready to ask how particularly. Well, Big and Rich was awesome because uh, obviously, like I didn't play on Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. Right. Um, but for me, I I learned. The, the parts when I went into that gig I learned them just like the record right. and then about a couple weeks in I'd change something up right. a little yeah. bit see if they noticed you know and of course they noticed but they liked it okay and then it was like you I just kind of get a feel for it. every every artist I think if you're a musician listening right now if you're if you go and play for someone that's got recordings uh, learn it how it is and then just get a feel for it you know yeah. it, solidify your job and then then sort of, you know, maybe ask or just sort of step outside of the box and see see what happens, you yeah. know. Uh, but yeah, by the by the end of it, I was I was playing, like for instance, the, the Save a Horse Rider Cowboy guitar solo. We didn't have a fiddle player uh, at the end of my stay with Big and Rich, so I played the guitar solo and, and the, the fiddle, fiddle solo. Oh, so you could branch on. That so I could branch out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was nice. It was a, it was a, it, that was a fun gig, for sure. And then, what happened? And then uh, I took a few months off and just sort of uh, did studio stuff and uh, played, just hung around Nashville. That 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 ended August last year, and so through Christmas uh, break and all, I was just kind of hanging in Nashville. Um, just kind of took a few month break, which sure. was really nice. Sure. Still worked, but but just stayed at home. Right. And uh, then this past January, I uh, started playing some shows with a guy named Jared Neiman, yeah. who you know has had a few hit songs, uh, "Lover Lover" and uh, a couple other ones. But um, he works about you know 40 to 50 days a year, and we did 18 already in February before this all hit. So uh, so yeah, it's a little lighter schedule, even though February was busy. But no one's working in February, yeah. so I took the gig because it was you know February work, and everybody else wasn't you know, and nobody didn't go back out anyway because in March all this stuff hit. So so yeah, I uh, but I like Jared a lot, and it's it's a smaller um, amount of people. Big and Rich was anywhere from you know um, probably fourteen to twenty people on the road at a time. Right. And Jared's like seven. Yeah. Yeah. It is a difference. Huh? It is. It is. Smaller places, uh, smaller uh, crowds, but, uh, you know, finances are the same, if not more. Right. So and that's good. You're not good. going as far. You're not yeah. Going as long, I and guess. I still, and I get to change my own strings. <laughs> I like it. I don't mind it. <laughs> well, it does sound like things are, are still going real good. For it you. is. And, I, and, you know, I think we're on the backside of this whole thing. It's, it's, uh, there's definitely something to it, and it, it did affect Nashville. You know, we had a tornado hit us uh, right before, pretty much a week or two before, yeah, a uh, week or two before uh, coronavirus kind of shut everything down. So, I mean, I, I personally didn't get affected by the tornado, but had a lot of friends that did. And then a lot of musicians, you know, lost their homes. True. And then less than 
you know, a week and a half later, they lost their jobs. So, yeah. I mean, it's been a tough time for them. It has, but I think everybody's got. It's not that they lost their job; they they just furloughed. Sure. Right now, I think everybody, the ones that can stick it out, are are going to have their spots still there. You There's know, a guy from here, incredibly good drummer, uh, incredibly good guy. Yeah. Who's getting ready to make the move right before? Is this it? Nick. Yeah, Nikhail Wallace. Yeah, yeah. He's come to visit Nashville a couple of times and come to see me play, okay. and I've let him sit in on uh, on some. He's great. Guy. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's moving the next couple months yeah, or something. Exactly. Yeah, I heard yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I, like he's told me, you know, could I pick the worst time to be going? <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, I think when he's coming, it's going to be opening back up, and and uh, and he's going to have a he's going to have but a good good career. He's I a really nice guy. It's it's all about your attitude. He is a really nice guy yep. really good drummer. hang that you know that was one of the first things someone told me when i first moved it was like you know 50 50 it's 50 percent talent 50 percent your attitude and that's hang true. that's true i think even more now it's probably 40 percent your talent and 60 well, percent your because hang because there is a lot of talent there i mean nobody comes there these days the yep. talent level has always been good but truthfully it's even better now yeah it's been i mean yeah there's some there's some freakazoids out there playing yeah, yeah. There yep. i mean you don't get people who go out there that are just pretty good musicians yep. anymore. I mean, exactly. I mean, they're all, they're all it's it's scary. It's I mean, it's even scary for me having been there for, for as long as I have. I'll roll up on a guitar player and be like, oh, I'm, I'm what sure am I, I doing I mean, here? Yeah, I do understand that. Yeah. I, it's, um, but, you know, I think I think Nikhil will do all right. I do, too. He, I think he will. He's got the right attitude. He's a sweet, yeah, he's a sweetheart. He's and, uh, easy to work with. He sat in, he sat in with me um, on a uh, just a local Broadway right. gig. Yeah. And he crushed it, man. A couple, two, three songs, and good attitude. Shook yeah. everyone's hand on stage, and like, yeah, it was perfect. He's a good guy. Yeah, he is. He is. And I'll look out for him when he's there. Yeah, I'm sure you will, because yeah. you know how it is. Oh, yeah, and I didn't know anybody hardly when I True, went. That does help. You know? yeah. and, and it's a good thing, though, that that you help other musicians who come. You got to pay it back, man. You, do. you, you can't you can't take from the pot and not pay it back. You know. I agree. Your attitude's great, man. I, I yep. understand why you've had the success you've had. Well, I'm definitely blessed, and uh, I guess you could say some of it was was hard earned. But you know, like I said earlier in the in the interview or the podcast, it was uh, it, it hasn't felt like work for whatever. I know I'm supposed to be doing this for a living because it it's the best job there is. Yeah, I, I mean, wouldn't choose anything else. I can understand that yeah, too. I yeah, mean, and you've able you've been able to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Great deal. It know? sure is nice coming back home, though. Well, home's home. Yeah, and there's a lot of talent around. There, there some of this talent around here makes Nashville look not there's so some, good. There, there, there are some talented people. Yeah, there. it's it's in the water or something. Was it Broad yeah, River or something? It is. I don't know. Yeah, could be. I appreciate you taking the time and coming. I'm to glad this. it worked out. We thought we were going to have to do this on the phone, but this would not have been near as much fun. Well, on the phone. it's good to meet you, Sandy. It's good meeting you, yes, too. Yes, sir. Thank you for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, Trey's feeling good, and I'm going to be feeling better than him. so weird because he hates it here no i'm kidding he told me to tell y'all what's up and he misses you here's a song that uh we recorded together a couple years ago just because we like
up in a van, head to Birmingham, eat up on the stage with a hungry fan by tomorrow with my baby. It won't make me rich, but it'll save me. We'll make a little more love, make a little less money, catch a little more buzz, more buzz. I need, but I get it for free like the best things in life. Ain't climbing up the ladder when I'd rather take a ride down a boulevard in an El Camino. Is it a car, truck? Hell if we know where we're going, cause we don't care. Cause the windows are down and it gets us where we make a little more love. Make a little less money. Catch a little more buzz, more buzz. Catch a little more buzz, more buzz. I've 